going on folks it's your boy dr sean thomas here again in the building the be more today show is here episode 14 i said it episode 14 folks we are live we are live we are live my co-host today is none other than the illustrious bmt music producer terrence farrell terrence what's going on man everything is all right everything is all right man it's a good day to be here good day to be alive good to hear your voice hope you're doing well yeah Um, yeah all things considered, I'm doing all right. Yeah, actually, exactly. All things considered, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Oh, and this week was no different. I mean, uh, Rihanna Taylor's birthday, clearly that was emotional for a lot of people. And of course, the marches that are happening all across the world, people are coming together. And, you know, I got a lot of phone calls this week, Terrence, from a lot of friends I haven't heard and seen in years um, of all races. And just checking in, just sending messages to see how I'm doing. Um, to see what's going on in Brooklyn, because, you know, New York City is the epicenter of a lot of things from COVID-19 to everything else. Yeah. Um, but it's been very, very interesting. And the quotation I had to share today was, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves by Leo Tolstoy. It's very uh, interesting to me that everyone is on the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. I love it. But a lot of the change that we have to do comes from inside. A lot of the change that we want to see on in the world really starts at home. And it's a small conversation that people are having with their friends. It's a small conversation they're having, you know, at work and, and amongst their, their family and amongst people who are intimate with them of all races. Um, this movement is huge and we've seen so many things happen as a result of it. And I'm just honored and proud to be a person of color, to be a black man in, in America. It has not always been uh, popular for us to be that or safe for us to say that but you know this week i posted a black man i am a black man thing on my social media and it spread and i think you did too terrence and you know we're really coming together as men um of color to really stand up for this this is not new you know these aren't new but they're being showcased and and put on instagram and facebook and the camera phone again has made the revolution live so it's been cool to see it's been cool to see the movement it's been cool to see everybody doing certain things i didn't know how you felt about this but um, I want to hear your thoughts, Terrence, to see how you're doing and check in with you. Um, everything is is cool. I went a range of emotions. You know, I went from anger to feeling helpless to I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. So, um, what 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 the the quote you pulled out is very is is very timely. And one of the things that hit me is um, a video on YouTube called "381 Days" by Eric Thomas. And he was talking about commitment and he talked about the bus boycott with Martin Luther King. It took 381 days of boycott. So it wasn't just post for a weekend. Hey, let's get together for a month. It was 381 days. And in that he talked about commitment and he really drilled home the point of commitment. Are you committed to the long haul? Cause things aren't going to change just cause you know, we all got together and we all voiced our opinions for a month or two months or whatever. And so I love everybody getting together. I love it. And just like everybody else, everybody's looking to see how long are we going to stay together? How long is this going to go? And my cry, even on social media, I challenge people to find something to be committed to. 
Um, so that that's that's how it hit me because, it, like I said, the range of emotions goes up and then down and back up. But I think I'm good right now. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point, Terrence. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, it's all you, man. Let's go. <laughs> well, our, our guest today is the dynamic Pastor Paul Graham. Uh, he's a native of Brooklyn, New York, where he was raised by God-fearing parents. He attended Oakwood College, where he graduated with a B.A. in theology and subsequently attended Andrews University, where he received his master's in divinity. After divinity school, he spent 13 years doing ministry in New York, in the New York area, where he has been engaged in youth and young adult ministries. He presents his message with the intention of motivating his listeners to prepare themselves for the soon coming of Christ and to work in his vineyard. In 2002, Full Circles Ministries was developed to empower youth and young adults to participate in evangelism and wholesome activities, reaching both the churched and the unchurched. This ministry has reached across the country and abroad with God's leading. Ordained to the gospel ministry, he has worked as a pastor for five congregations in the Northeastern Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, serving there as youth pastor and as a counselor and chaplain to the schools assigned to the Youth Advisory Committee. He also served on the ministerial board. He has developed a singles ministry called Advent Mingle, a website designed to bring single individuals together for fellowship and ministry. Pastor Paul believes in living a highly devotional life. Every other month, he has developed a morning devotion called Bible Boot Camp, an online devotional, 5 to 5.30 a.m. on PastorPaulGraham.com. He is also featured on Be More Today's upcoming project, Words for Life 3. Paul Graham loves teaching the Word of God and helping as many as possible gain a better understanding of the gospel and stronger walk with the Master. Through much prayer, he and his family were led to the Bowie Project by way of the Holy Spirit, and he endeavors to lead as God requires. He is married to Wendy Spence Graham and has two beautiful children, Zenovia and Spencer, who take up all of his spare time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'd like you to help me welcome Pastor Paul Graham. Paul, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm 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 a little excited. You know, I've, I've been doing this stuff for so long, but I'm excited this morning, man. Or I should say this afternoon. I've been working since this morning, so I'm so glad to be on with you, man. Um, to be a part of this project. But Dr. Sean, man, I, I, got, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit starstruck with Dr. Sean on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what no one has to say. I'm a little starstruck. You understand what I'm saying? So call it what you will. Um, That's all right. I'm, I'm starstruck all the time, too, man. Every time, every time he comes around, I'm like, oh, it's Dr. Sean. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Graham, I'm going to just say this now. I was going to say it later. You, don't, you have no idea how influential your ministry has been to my ministry. Um, when I was studying for my test, my board exam, which you know, because I was on Bible Bootcamp at 5 o'clock a.m. 
for a number of, of times. You did that session literally almost every, well, you were doing it once a month for a while and then every other month, but every time you were on there, I was on there. And I prayed on your thing a couple of times. I was there and literally being on that show with you every morning, uh, studying with the brethren who um, I got to meet as a result, um, that really helped me to pass my board exam um, which I took, again, in my book, I've written about this. I took 12 times and I, I failed it 11 times. And you know this because I shared this with you. But um, taking that exam 11 times and then passing on that one time, the song that you put in your show, Destiny, the song Destiny is my jam. And literally, whenever I got discouraged, whenever I got scared, whenever I got uh, uh, weary that this was going to be uh, something that I couldn't face. I just played that song. I played that song on repeat and the words just kept going in my mind. This is a test that you will get through. Uh, everything he prayed for, everything he promised you is on the other side of this test. And I, I, I can't explain to you, I'm starstruck just being here with you because you've been a pillar for me uh, uh, just to structure my entire ministry and my entire life as a, a, a doctor of physical therapy as a father so i'm just grateful that you're on the show today yeah man and i i also want to thank you for being on the words for life project man the, you got two songs on there and that that joint success the way the way you broke down success it's just awesome man it's just awesome well look man i i i want to just share with you that um one of the reasons why the project first of all excited me is because my twin brother has a studio you know he has a studio at home mm -hmm. and um i can see where he he's always stressing like man we got to do something man we got to do something you know and our times are so crazy he's running one place i'm running the other place and when we had that opportunity to do it man i just felt like let me give it all let me give it what i got um let me give it what i got and um i'm, I'm just grateful i'm just so grateful and i, and I want to do more uh, you know, what this has catapulted in my mind was that I like to listen to Stephen Furtick when he does like these two two to three minute rants and he's got music behind it and he got videos going. Mm -hmm. And so if this has encouraged me in the past three weeks to be like, hey, you know what? You can get it done. You can get it done. So thank you for the push, brother. Thank you for the push. No problem, man. No problem. It's just it's, it's all the way around. It's cyclical, man. We we push each other. We push each other. Now, I wanted to ask, how are you doing in all these crazy times? I mean, before we dig into your past and what you're doing, all of this, this, the, the last, I can't even say two weeks, man, with the pandemic, it's just been the last three months. Let me share with you that uh, it's, been, it's been a little crazy. It's been a little crazy simply because uh, when, when everyone going, I should say, uh, bonkers, uh, I had to stay calm because of my parishioners, because of my community. My community knows that I'm a pastor. So they'll come to the door and ask me questions. You understand where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. So it's tough trying to be strong and calm for everyone when it is quite overwhelming. It can be quite overwhelming. Um, I, I started watching TV <laughs> before I wasn't watching TV. Right. But I started watching uh, um, just to get the edge off. You know what I'm saying? And um, 
it's really been a blessing, you know. I hit a couple of Netflix, you know, <laughs> but it's been overwhelming. But let me give you a strong example. Um, my um, with this whole COVID issue, first it started getting to me, man. You're doing funerals with only ten people, doing burials with only six people. Um, then you can't visit your members, you can't visit individuals. So it, it, it was a it was kind of rough. But what I will say is that um, I've been able to cope with a lot that has been going on. God is good. I mean, God is good. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also want to say this. I want to thank you for your patience. I'm going into my house in the meantime, so I'm I'm open for the next questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so. Pastor, you know, I, I know you well, and I've, I've been following you for years. You've come to King Road Temple and done youth things for us, as has your brother, which is also amazing. Um, and, and I've heard you say a number of times about your walk and your ministry and your life. But my question for you, I guess, is did you always want to be a pastor? Did you always see yourself in ministry? I've always, always wanted to be a pastor um, from the from the time that... Uh, I was at um, uh, Hanson Place School. I was brought. I was brought up in such a way, in such a manner, where those teachers saw my gifts, and when the teachers saw my gifts, they helped me to understand that um, that God is leading you somewhere. And because of that, man, you know, I just was able to have teachers and people around me who who pushed me who pushed me to be better. So my upbringing, my father and parents never was like, oh, you're going to be a pastor. No, I always want to be a teacher, always want to be a teacher. And I, and I still love teaching. Um, I, I, I am still an adjunct uh, at Washington Adventist University when they need me to come in and teach a class. Um, I'm at the high school every day before the COVID issue, my, 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 at the high school every day, making sure that I'm there available for the students. Um, but ministry for me has always been the forefront of my life. The issue with ministry, honestly, is can you live up to it? <laughs> can you can you live up to ministry? Um, and the truth of the matter is I've just settled in my mind as I'm on my road to 50, okay, as I'm on my road to 50, that um, you would never be able to live up to ministry. You will never be able to, because the ministry is God's and he's entrusting that ministry in capable hands, but fallible, but fallible hands also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 I've always said to myself as a teenager growing up that this is what I do. This is all that I can do. I'm going to share something else with you, but I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll just wait a little bit. No, that's powerful. I think a lot of people get, uh, overwhelmed when they start to think about can I live up to what I'm saying? Can I live up to what I'm preaching, what I'm reading? And some people, you know, especially nowadays, some people they check out, they leave, they check out, they give up. But I do think that recognizing that 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 living up to that is is God, and we can never be perfect, but we can always strive for that perfection. We can always strive to get there. So the fact that you recognize that at a young age, I think, is is commendable. Um, and I know you are from Brooklyn. What what part of Brooklyn exactly are you from? <laughs> um, I, I always say this. My brothers, we always say we grew up in Canarsie. 
Okay. They, I'm going to just say it that way. I grew up in Canarsie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I was born in um, Crown Heights. Okay. I was born in Crown Heights. Back at eight, at eight years old, uh, seven, yeah, eight years old, my parents moved us out to Canarsie. Now, this is going to be kind of crazy when I say this, but the Canarsie you know now is not the Canarsie back in 1978. Mm, of course. Okay. Um, we, were the, we were the only blacks on our block. There was 13 black students in the school that we went to. So when I say Canarsie in 1978, um, my parents moved us out to Canarsie um, when, you know, when I'm thanking, I'm thanking God for my parents, man. Mm. Um, they, they, they really did what they could to move us from us from a certain place to another place. And so I grew up in Canarsie okay. and I, I grew up well, do you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't got no stories <laughs> until, until later on, but I don't got no, no. stories. Gotcha. Uh, well, you, yeah. you know, sometimes when people are successful in what they do, they have this fighting story to get there. My fighting story was not money in the bank. My my fighting story was not my parents didn't have cars. My fighting story that was not my fighting story. My fighting story was that that my parents moved from a level of poverty. You understand where I'm coming from, and they did well for themselves by educating themselves. And their main thing was to make sure that we were educated. So you, you understand where I'm coming from. So um, uh, we did grow up a certain way when we went to high school. We had fights and things of that nature, walking through the projects and things of that nature. That was outside of my house. You understand where I'm coming from. But I didn't grow up in an environment where I couldn't walk outside. I didn't grow up in an environment where I could not jog down the street. I didn't grow up in that kind of environment. But I did grow up in an environment where they questioned who we were because we were black. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So I don't have that story, man. We grew up rough. We grew up tough. We grew up right. someone's so crack on the street, this, that, and the other. We didn't grow up like that because my parents moved us right. to a certain place where that didn't happen. But I'm right. Brooklyn, baby. Don't play. I'm Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> my brothers were big in Um we Brooklyn. We all Brooklyn. You know? And we did get in trouble, man. I'm going to be honest with you. But my tro- the troubles that we got into wasn't because of friends and peer pressure. Uh, our troubles that we got into was my three brothers. Just, you know, when you see us together, that's trouble. <laughs> yes, there I come from. My parents were, were used to tell us, hey, you know, be careful of this friend and be careful of that friend. And she didn't realize that the three of us together was havoc, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But cool. we Brooklyn all the way. That's right. Can Brooklyn I- all day. So you, you've ministered in a lot of places. What's the main difference, you think, between ministering in New York and ministering where you are now? Big difference. Very big difference. Um, my first church um, was in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Okay. And I said it in a nice way, Bedford-Stuyvesant. Um, where my church, my first church was, um, it, it, it has it's been gentrified. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in 93, I, I, I started pastoring at a very young age and, and when I was 23. So I was in Best Eye in 93. Come on, man. That's fight the power. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I spent two years there uh, uh, at a church called Bible Speaks. But then the conference sent me to, to seminary. And when I went to seminary, I, I then had an understanding of what it was like to 
go to school with with my counterparts, so to speak. And then um, coming out and being a part of the Linden Seventh-day Adventist Church as the associate, uh, I learned so much. The pa- pastoring in New York is totally different. Pa- you got to pastor at a fast pace. Um, you're pastoring people with issues. You're pastoring people who um, who are dependent on their pastor. You're pastoring people who want to hear from their pastor. Um, so when I was still in New York, pews were filled every Sabbath. You know, you go to Kingsborough Church, full. You go to Christian Fellowship, full. We're talking about the 90s, you know. Um, um, uh, you're talking about Bethel Church, full. And, and, and the environment of pastoring in New York was, it doesn't matter who the pastor is, we're not leaving because we don't like our pastor. The pastor got time. He'll be leaving soon. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? So it's time where, so pastoring from 93 up until 2005 in the New York area, um, it's a fast pace. It's fast paced. Um, where I am now, it's a matter of, um, um, people are more interested where I am now on uh, how much money we're bringing into the church. Um, what does the service look like? Um, what are we doing for them? Oh, you see where I'm coming from. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it's different from New York. In New York, it's, they don't depend on the pastor. The pastor depends on the members. You see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. So, I can go to Kingsboro. I'm just saying that as an example because you guys are there. I can go to Kingsboro, Pastor Kingsboro. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about at least seven years before seven years from now. Um, and <laughs> let me just be real: um, a pastor would leave, and church is still moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's that. You know, that's it. Over here, if a pastor doesn't show up, the people are disheveled. You see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard way to pastor. It's really a hard way to pastor. Then there's a difference. When I was in New York, I didn't pastor millennials. When I was in New York, I pastored people who are my, my first elder was like my grandfather. You understand where I'm coming from? You're 23. Come on, you're 23 and your first mm-hmm. elder is 70. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. He's, you know, it, it was different. And then the dynamics are different in New York. What it mean when what I mean by the dynamics are different is that man after church, people stayed in church all day. You know, you go downstairs to the basement, you eat, you come back up for AY. There was AY every Sabbath. Over here, <laughs> there's no AY. After church, everybody goes and do what they want to do. That's it. You know, you know, a level of Catholicism kind of worship, so to speak. So you can get lazy as a pastor out here. You can based on coming from New York. So um, what I love about here, though, is that, and I love my conference for this, Potomac Conference, that they will offer you resources to stay where you need to stay, to be where you need to be. Um, So in New York, I've passed five churches, right? In New York, I had five churches. I had five churches from the span of 1993 to 2005. Now, I've started pastoring the church that I'm in in 2008, and you with me now? Mm-hmm. I'm still in the same church. Mm-hmm. The dynamics are different. So now I've got to learn to adapt. After to adapt after every four or five years, I got to reinvent myself. When in New York, I could reinvent myself at the next church that they send me to. 
So here it is. I'm here 12 years, one church. I'm there 2003. I'm sorry, 93 to 12 years, same time, right? Same time. And um, I have five churches, totally different, yeah. totally different. I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, man, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited. It's, it's all good. It's all good. That's, that's, that's why we got you on. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I had a question and just knowing even from the from the sermon jams that you did, you said there was a there was a church that you pastored that was 60 and then there was a church that was only 80. What prevented you from giving up? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, my parents are amazing people. I'm gonna tell you that right now. My parents are amazing. Mm-hmm. And when I mean that they're amazing, I, I mean that. Um, you know, when 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 you feel like giving up at 35. You're just like, I'm done. You know, um, I can make money here. I can do this. Uh, I got 60 members and everybody wants to be in charge and this, that, and the other. Or there's no growth at a certain level. What makes me, what made me keep going on is the calling. That's it. It's the calling. Um, I think that we don't spend time. And I'm not saying this because you're on, uh, Sean. Um, but when you're living in your calling, you're going to keep moving forward because it's your calling. Uh, not passing a test didn't say anything. It, 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 not passing a test does not validate your calling. You see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And um, me, let's put it this way, losing uh, my position at one point at, at, uh, in the conference didn't uh, invalidate my calling. Um, church being not being full doesn't, you know, that doesn't validate your calling. And I learned that just in time. I learned it just in time because there's so many ministers who are like, yo, I'm done. I, I, I'm, they leave. You, you'd be surprised of the amount of ministers who have left the ministry for so many different reasons. But um, you've got to understand that, sorry, when you understand your calling and you understand who called you, then your ministry is not uh, contained to four walls anymore. Your ministry is not contained to a conference. Your ministry is not contained to a, you know, to the hierarchy of the church. Your ministry now belongs to the people given to them by God through you. So at that point, um, I didn't give up simply because I recognized my calling. Sean, your calling is what it is, no matter what. Terrence, your calling is what it is, no matter what. And I say to people all the time, they got this brother online right now, Doggett Jr., who he's doing quarantine revival. He's got like maybe 400 people watching at one time. You know, there are people who are jealous of that. They're really, they're like, oh, who this guy is to do it. But he did his homework. He knows his audience. He knows who he's reaching. He, I mean, absolutely awesome what he is doing. For me, I've been doing it for the past six years, being online for the past six years. I relish, I mean, I love the fact that younger guys are coming along and impacting how they're impacting. I want to move out the way, man, spend more time with my wife. I want to move out the way and spend, spend more time with my kids. Um, I didn't go through ministry. My calling was not just to reach people, but it was to pave the way for other individuals. You see where I'm coming from. So um, it, it excites me when guys do well. Part of my calling is also watching these guys do well, help fund them if, they, if I can pray for them, push them, because their success is my success. You understand? That's how how I look at it. When these guys are coming in, man, they pull in the kind of people coming into their church, they're 
you know, their church is bursting at the seams and this, that, and the other. Their success is my success. That's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. You understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did not give up because I realized who called me and I know that I'm called no matter what, no matter how I even feel about myself, I'm called. Mm, that's powerful. So you, you, you mentioned this pastor who is bringing a lot of views on, on his media pages. And there are a lot of pastors right now who are trying to um, curtail their messages to make sure they can target young, the younger generation and millennials. What do you think is the most relevant way to do that? And how can people do that if they're trying to really reach out to that demographic that can sometimes be very, very tricky to really reach? Ooh, mercy, mercy. Uh, Doc, let me tell you something. Um, I've recognized now um, I'm not the preacher I used to be in Northeastern Conference. I love Northeastern Conference. Man, they've taught me. I've been taught by the best in Northeastern Conference. I've been taught by Roy Ashmead. I've been taught by Ernest Flowers. I've been taught, you know, you understand? I've been taught by David Willis. I've been taught by uh, uh, C.E. Parker. I, I, I can keep going. I'm, I'm not talking about people who I've seen pastor me. I'm talking about I pastored during the time that they were still there. Oh, you understand? I've been, I've been taught by uh, 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 Jesse Bevel. I've been taught by Winston Stevenson. I'm, I'm giving you names of people who, who pushed me in ministry. You understand where I'm coming from? And I, I've watched them preach. I watched them do it to do uh, uh, Pastor Lamar. I've watched all these individuals be who they are. And now I got to be honest with you that these are older guys, you know, who, have taught me the late Pastor Benjamin Martin. These individuals helped me to realize how to preach, how to pastor. But what they didn't teach me, listen, listen, what they didn't teach me, which is not their issue or their fault, what they didn't teach me is how to connect. Okay. And there is um there is an issue here when we talk about connecting. What I've learned <laughs> okay from being in Potomac Conference around my uh, I, I, my Caucasian brothers um, is how to connect. And I feel like no matter what age you may be, you have to be able to connect to people. Please, let me give an example, Doc. Um, I see a lot of people going online right now. Everybody's online. And everyone, to a great degree, is trying to be a world evangelist online. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with you trying to reach the masses, but you should have been trying to reach the masses a long time ago. Okay. Uh, Restoration Praise Center does about maybe 7,000 views per week. Okay. Um, we're the most watched Seventh-day Adventist church. I'm not talking about Buddy Bird because um, he's, a, he's a, also a school institution. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I would even like to say Sligo because there's somewhat of there's somewhat of a school institution. Loma Linda. I'm not talking about. That. I'm talking about a church, regular church, and um, because we were because the millennials. It wasn't Paul Graham. It was the millennials that were like, "Hey, we can get on YouTube." I was like, "YouTube?" You know, they were like, "Hey, we can get on Facebook. We can go on so and so." And I was settled with one camera. They were like, "No, we need three cameras panning in. We need these. Are, that's how the millennials think." So if Paul Graham thought like C.E. Parker, if Paul Graham thought like so-and-so, if Paul Graham thought like Ashby, you know, I'd be like, yo, that's not how we do things around here. Or you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. To, to, to reach young people, 
I'm sorry, to reach young people and to reach young adults, they want connection. That's it. That's all they're looking for is connection. They want to know, are you connecting with me? And what I wanted to do during this COVID issue and this COVID time was really, now I, I'll be honest with you, I spend a lot of time on Zoom and whatever speaking. And like right now I'm doing a revival in Tortola mm-hmm. right now for a week. We did a 21 day revival before, um, which, which actually I'm having a, a, an ebook coming out on 21, a, a 21 um, days to resetting your um your life you know from the book of john 21 chapters in the book of john each chapter talks about talks about resetting yourself you understand where i'm coming you understand where I'm coming from. but that came from the revival but when it comes to my church I, I still need to connect with my church birthdays anniversaries graduations fights oh you understand where i'm coming from texting just to check how families are doing I, i'm not going to check with all the other churches or, or what have you. They're not my churches. You understand? I'm called to this church right now. So in order to reach young people, pe- more pastors need to recognize who their church, where their church is, who their people are, and connect to them. Once you connect to them, they will make sure that other people are connecting to you. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about Sunday churches, and I hate to use that word Sunday church. I'm going to try to find a word for that. I've been trying for the past 10 years to give me another word for Sunday churches. But Sunday churches, I love Sunday churches because they relish in connectivity, which means if they love a sermon from their pastor, they're going to send it to 10 people. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Kingsborough's pastor, and let's say, what, what's my dear sister's name, the pastor there now? Pastor Holland. Pastor Holland. She's She's bad as all get out. I'm telling you, I wanted her four years ago. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. To be for me, because I listen to her, she can run that joint if she wants to. She can. For me, I I'm sorry. Maybe I, I'm not being political, but I'm saying she can run that joint by herself if she wanted to. She's been through two pastors, maybe three. Okay. She sees the highs and the lows. She can handle it. I believe she can handle it. My simple issue is that. When she speaks, everybody in Kingsboro needs to be sharing her stuff. Because if she connected to you, then you want for everyone to connect with what you connected to. Adventists don't do that. Adventists hear a sermon. They like the sermon. They view it. Good. They don't share it. But you see, all these Sunday churches, you find that their views they got 300 mem- people in their church, but their views is like 8,000. Why? Because they want people to hear what their pastor has to say. We think that we got it all. We know it all. So we don't do that at all. But if we continue to connect with our people, our people will, will have other people connect online. So it's not about being a world evangelist at this point in time. It's about recognizing that when your church opens up again, they still need to recognize that we're still connected. That's what's important. Yeah, that's a valid point. I think the connection part is real. And you know, even talking with your ministry, Full Circle Ministries, I connected with you. I've seen you more online than I've seen you in person. <laughs> and I feel like I, I, I know you more because the, the connection I've seen uh, virtually than anything that we've actually done in, in your face to face. 
So in, in speaking of that, how did Full Circle Ministries start for you? Where did that concept come from? You know, I've used the wake up and stretch your spiritual muscles hashtag a, a number of times in my own uh, exploits. But how did you start Full Circle Ministries? Um, Full Circle Ministries, uh, there was a gentleman. His name is Joe Howell. Joe Howell. Joe, I know Joe. You know, Joe. <laughs> Joe Howell used to live up in um, White Plains. And one day we were all eating dinner. I wasn't even married yet, man. It must have been late 90s. He was like, um, man, I want to see something big, like full circle, called full circle ministries, man. That's how he taught. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> and that name stuck with me for a long time, full circle ministries, full circle ministries. And when I came back from seminary and uh, <clears throat> we started this thing called Friday Night Live. Now, this thing is all, it's everywhere. Friday Night Live is everywhere right now. But it, it's really started in, um, in um, be, uh, um, um, what's the church called again? Uh, it's in Long Island. Be, 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 Bethany, not Bethany. I'm going to take Ebenezer Church. Ebenezer Church. And um, from then, because I kept doing that, more people were coming out on a Friday evening once a month. And I just said, hold on, we got to do something for our youth. We definitely got to do something for our youth. And, you know, during that time, it was a little bit different. You know, we, we couldn't dress a certain way. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. And so I began to have concerts and um, skating parties, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and, and just activities like this for our young people. And then someone said to me, yo, you know, I think you need to incorporate that name, put that name somewhere. And it's 2002, you know, I, I incorporated the name and what have you, and then just continued to do concerts, continued to do worship experiences so that youth and young adults can grab on to something uh, so that w- we can keep the church safe. You understand where I'm coming from? When they come into the church in, in I, I hate to say in power, right? But when they slip into power in the church, that the church will still be safe. So 2002, we pulled that name together, Full Circle Ministries, and just began doing so many great things, revivals and and what have you. And so right now, um, moving to Maryland, um, I took the same concepts and used it at, 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 um, at, at that point called the Bowie Project. And God just, you know, it brought so many young people, young adults there uh, to the church. Um, it may not be... A, a, a young church now, but it's, but it's, you know, the average age of Restoration Praise Center right now is 35 to 50. That's the average age that it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- 10 years ago, the average age of it was 21 to 35, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I use those same concepts for full circle ministries. Um, in light of that, I want to be more relevant, right? More relevant was being online. So, uh, Got a guy named Gary Saunders. Okay. <laughs> uh, who, uh, who I believe, I'm going to tell you right now, he, he was the spearhead, the first person I knew that put worship online. Okay. That's he was the first person I knew. Um, I, now we have all, I'm going to use these words, we have all abandoned the praise vision idea because everything is now, it costs less money. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's more access or this, that, and the other. So, um, but Praise Vision really led the way to online. And, and I was the first person that he said, okay, can I use you as, you know, to try to get this thing going? And we did. We, I'm talking about thousands of people online. 
watching every Sabbath um, for the past 10 years. Praise Vision is now doing something different, but I still believe Paul Graham, if I could, I would buy, if I could, I would buy a division of Praise Vision. I would, I would buy a division of Praise <laughs> and, and for me, I would create a neighborhood. I would create a neighborhood that even though Kingsborough is here or Christian Fellowship is here or Restoration is here or so, so whatever, that you can go into the neighborhood. You can use Praise Vision and go into the neighborhood to still watch on the neighborhood or to also see what's going on by advertisements and things of that nature, revivals, things of that nature, because there's so much that cannot be done on Facebook or YouTube because you're going to get cut. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Copyrights and whatever. So create a neighborhood where people can come on and just, you know, enjoy themselves, you know, as a, um, as a, you know, as a church. So you can go to Facebook. That'd be fine. You can go to so-and-so, but just create the neighborhood that people can go to. That's, that's, that's all, you know, um, full circle ministries online because of praise vision and then moving on to other things. It's crazy. Uh, um, we did some really innovative things. I, I have an app now uh, that people can go online and watch whatever they want to watch, be a part of ministries online. It's a free app that everyone can go, go to. So we're growing like that, but um but full circle ministry has always been, it's not a side hustle because I don't get really paid for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, it's a, it, but it's a step up to the kingdom, you know? Now, now, I, and, and since you, she, you brought up, I don't get paid for it. And I just want to, I want to touch on that uh, for a second, because earlier you said, you know, when, when this guy's blowing up and he's got, you know, 4,000 members, viewers viewing and, there's people that are caught up in the monetary aspect of it. And that's where that competitive is like, well, he got 4,000. How come people ain't liking on my thing? And how do you keep yourself out of that? What, again, I'm going to go back to what I said before to doc. Um, what do you call to do? You know what I mean? Really? What really, what are you called to do? Mm-hmm. Um, if am I called to get more likes? Am I called to get more shares? Um, you know, but everybody wants to eat. Everybody want to eat in some. Everybody want to eat steak or, true, true. or veggie steak or whatever. But, right, but you see, <laughs> likes and shares don't get you steak. Like and shares, you know, it's it's it 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 it, it puts you on a pedestal, so to speak. Um, I, I was telling my brother this afternoon. I I got eighteen cents from YouTube last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm monetized. I got eighteen cents. You know. Um, That'll be all. That's always great to push something, and then you get money back for it. I'll give you an example. Um, um, if if I could have a thousand people giving me six thousand dollars, I mean six dollars a month, then I'm making my salary. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? And I, I have no shame. We pastors. That's what we make. We don't make more. We don't make no less. Okay. Um, so if people decide, hey, I'm going to support Full Circle Ministries by giving. $10 a month. I'm just saying $10 a month, um, but $6 a month. Okay. Then if a thousand people are giving me $6 a month or 600 people are giving a hundred dollars a month or, you know, or $10 a month or whatever, whatever it is, then I'm free to do more ministry. Mm. You see? But the issue simply is, is that I want to go where God is leading. God is not leading me to make more money. God is not leading me to be on a pedestal. 
God is not leading me to do any of these things. Um, God is leading me to pastor Restoration Praise Center. And now I have another church that is passed that. It has grown to a certain degree and more stable that they put another pastor there. So I am mentoring him until, he's, until he runs fully with the church. And then we start over again. You see where I'm coming from. Um, I just think that too often men, people come into ministry because they feel as if it's an easy job. They feel like I can just chill and just do work two days out of the week. They feel like, what are they going to get out of ministry? You get nothing out of ministry. It's important to understand that you don't do this to get something out of it. Ministry is a servanthood job. It's, it's, um, and, 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 and I say this time after time again, and people, they understand it when I say it this way. So let me just share it this way. A shepherd goes out to take care of his sheep. That's what we do. I take care of the sheep of RPC. That's what I do. I take care of the sheep of Pasdak. Now we have an, another shepherd that's taking care of that. But when a shepherd goes out to take care of the sheep, he's stepping in their doo-doo. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's clear. Mm-hmm. It's, he's got to look for the sheep. He's got to take care of the sheep. He's got to tend the sheep. He's got to protect the sheep. Not only that, he's stepping in their mess at the same time. Being a pastor is not glamorous. It was never meant to be glamorous. And, and, and I hate to say this, but, you know, we even have a couple of our pastors that dress a certain way. They dress up in their so-and-so. They, you know, they got their towels. They dress up in this, that, and the other. And as far as I'm concerned, we need to be very careful that, remember, we are, we, we have a, we are sheep taking care of sheep. We're teaching sheep to take care of sheep. And there's nothing wrong with looking great or looking good, but we spend a lot of time trying to be glamorous. And... Christ's job on earth was never glamorous. Why would he give us a glamorous job? And you see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It's about serving. So what do I do on the side? I do other things on the side, such as um, um, I do have ministries on the side, you know, that it's not lucrative, but I just launched something. Uh, um, what is it called again? Um, uh, um, Advent Mingle. Advent Mingle. Wow. I just relaunched Advent Mingle. Um, which is with the apps are coming out in two weeks. Um, I, I did it because I really want people to get it together. If I was going to really get them, I'd get it with $29 a month, seven dollars <laughs> a month. You understand where I'm coming from? Where people could meet each other through ministry, not through your personal preferences. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bible boot camp. I just asked money for Bible boot camp so I can keep, I can stay on the air. You know where I come from, but if I got a donor that's giving me a thousand dollars a month because he's like, ah, I love this, I'm not going to give it back. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not at all. So um, many people are look at things as lucrative, but the ministry is not lucrative. It's not. What's lucrative is our spiritual walk with Christ. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Do I want more money? Of course, I want more money, man. I would love for this house to be paid off. You know what I'm saying? I love to say to my wife, hey, you know, you don't got to work again, just take care of the books. You know what I'm saying? I would love to say that. But that's not the life that God is allowing me to live right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not right. And not everybody can be like Sean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but t- tell us a little bit more about Advent Mingle. I, I was I was curious when I saw, no. saw it in the bio. Okay. Well, Advent Mingle, we started in 2014, my wife and I. That's why I, I really wish I was home because I could have played it for you. It is, it's, it's, it's a, a program or, a, you know, a desktop program. It's, it's, it's an app that will allow individuals from all over to meet one another. 
Um, we we have a lot of I'm going to use this word right now uh, unequally yoked going on in our churches today. We got a lot of uh, people that don't know also don't know how to um, how how would you say it? They don't know how to date. They don't even know the first thing about, um, you know, doing ministry in the light of meeting others. And so one of the things that my wife and I thought about was that we would create something that will cause people uh, to meet one another and to be blessed by meeting one another. Uh, too often, we find that people are going on the outside to, um, you know, to, to date or to be married. Now, I want to share something with you. I, I, I spoke about this before, and I get a lot of flack for it. I have no problem with someone meeting another Christian who's not Adventist. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Um, but if you're spiritual and you love God, then you will concentrate on being equally yoked together. You see where I'm coming from? Right, Someone right. sees a guy, sees you, Terrence, and they say, hey, man, I, I've been working with you for the longest time. A young lady says, I've seen you for the longest time. And why is your character the way it is? She's, a, she's attracted to the God in you. Mm-hmm. She's not attracted to you being an Adventist. Right. And then, and then when you meet this person, they understand why you are the way you are. They want to be a part of what you do. And that's being equally yoked. The Bible said we should not be unequally with unbelievers, not with denominations. And, um, but I do think that this is a perfect way of individuals to meet one another. Someone asked a question yesterday. I was online and they said, there are no good, good men in the church. I said, there may be not good men in your church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, if you're going to stay there in Boston and that's all you, and that's all you know, then you're just, you're, you're picking so slim or, you know, don't be afraid to meet other people who are not of your religion. Don't be afraid. It's okay. You, you know, people feel like they can't do that because you're sinning. You're not sinning. I mean, most people who are Adventists that come together before they get married, they're, 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 they're Adventists together and they're sinning. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> don't, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. So uh, Advent Mingle is really about having Adventist, Adventist young people, young adults, people who have lost husbands, people who may even be, and I want to share this with you, maybe gay, living a gay, who may be gay, but not living the gay lifestyle. They are looking for other individuals that they want to hang out with. You see where I'm coming from. It's about fellowship. And um, if you're able to do this, then I think that it will make a better future for our church and make a better future for individuals. It's just a tool used for people to meet one another during ministry, doing ministry. Right. Now I wait, I got one second, Sean. I got one one more question. Now, are you concerned at all that Advent Mingle would be used in a way you didn't intend it to be? Um is it like that. No. No, and the reason why is because um in my terms and agree uh, uh, in my terms of agreement, um if you don't agree to it, that's on you. If if it becomes a a, a place of whoredom, if it becomes a place of usury, if it becomes a place of of um of catfishing and and what have you mm-hmm. you know you have the opportunity to call me or to to email me and let me know what's going on and i can shut somebody off you understand where i'm coming from um but 
it doesn't bother me because in the most cleanest motive of doing something, there's always going to be a counterfeit that's going to do something evil. You have to expect these things. God has given us the Sabbath. They give us the counterfeit of Sunday. I'm just telling you like that. God has given us his goodness. God has given us his son. There's also um, Satan. You understand where I'm coming from? So I don't feel as if I'm not nervous about, I just don't want to get sued. So that's why there's terms, <laughs> you know, um, someone goes out there, we've heard about it. People met each other online. They meet someone, they kill them, this, that, and the other. They cannot sue uh, Advent Mingle only because there's a term of agreement that says you're on your own. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. But people can use it to do evil, to do, uh, you know, to do evil. And uh, I'm not afraid of that. I don't want that. But I'm not concern- heavily concerned about that. I want to be heavily concerned with the motive more than be concerned with what people do with the motive. You know? Powerful. Awesome. I, I, you know, I I wish I had that when I was, (laughs) when I was going through my time, um, when I was 25 or so, but I, I I commend you for doing that. I think that's something that a lot of traditional SCAs would probably uh, turn their heads to and, and probably turn an eyebrow up to, but it's, it's innovative. It's practical. And I, I think it's, it's, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be effective because I think a lot of people, um, you know, of all ages are just looking to connect. And if you have something that you can use to do that, that's safe and that is, 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 is grounded in a good foundation. I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible. I'm, I'm impressed by you, Pastor Graham, you know this already. So, um, that's great. We're going to take a quick commercial break right now and right back with more of the Be More Today show right after these messages. What's going on, folks? We're back in the building. Episode 14 of the Be More Today show here with Pastor Paul Graham, uh, founder of Bible Bootcamp, Full Circle Ministries, and at Bent Minkle. He is doing fantastic things, a Brooklyn native. And uh, Pastor Paul Graham, we have been bringing people on this show for uh, all of this year, actually, talking to them about what Be More Today is. And the phrase Be More Today is our hashtag. It's our motto. It's our go-to. We've been asking everybody on the show what the phrase be more today means to them. So you are no different. What does the phrase be more today mean to you? Wow. Let me tell you. Um, it, 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 for me, it means be better than you were yesterday. That, that's the first thing that hit me. Be better than I, than, than I was yesterday. Be more today. Um, there's, a, there's a text that I've been using for some time called... Uh, um, uh, um, well, let me put it this way. Jesus says to the rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest, one thing thou lackest. Today, I don't want to lack what I could have. So I want to have, I want to be more. I want to have more. Um, I just want to be better. It's just talk about being better today than you were yesterday. That's the first thing that hits my mind straight off the bat. That, that, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now, in, in that same vein of, of being, being more, um, what do you wish someone would have shared with you at the age of 18? Generational wealth. Uh, I, I wish someone would have shared to me generational wealth. Generational wealth is a very big deal. And what I mean by that is if I was 18 and someone said, hey, this is put so-and-so in stocks uh, or something of that nature, I think that. I would have been far gone more than I am now. 
Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If someone told me that at 18, Bill, Bill, I teach, I'm teaching my kids now about general, generational wealth. Right. Right, right, right. That's what I would have done. Okay. Now, what would you say are the keys to living a fulfilled life? Um, I would always believe that the keys to living a fulfilled life is paying close attention to what keeps you filled. Okay. I'm going to give an example, right? You know, what's, what's good for me may, you know, what's fulfilling for me may not be fulfilling for someone else. I can always say that keep God first in your life. Come on, man. Movie stars get up there and they get their thing and say, I want to thank God. What have you really been doing? You know, but what keeps me fulfilled in my own life, I need to maintain that and go next level with it. So how do I, you know, if I could tell someone, how do you continue to live a fulfilled life? Find out what's fulfilling for you first. Too often we spend our whole life trying to find out what's fulfilling for us. But if we find out what's fulfilling for us and, and maintain that, I don't even like the word maintain, go next level with it. Then, um, then that will, you know, that will make you successful in your life. Like I'm on the road to 50. I always say I'm on the road to 50, right? I got, um, today is what, the sixth? I got 22 more days, okay? 22 more days to the road to 50. I don't want to look back and say, I want to look back and say I was successful because. If I died at 50, I want to be able to say, this is what I've done. Um, um, that, this is what keeps me fulfilled. What keeps me fulfilled every day is taking care of my kids, is teaching my kids. It's um, doing what I can for my wife. Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Is how could I be a better husband? Um, uh, and then, because that's my first church, then how can I take care of my ministry at church? And then how could I take care of my community? Oh, you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So what keeps me fulfilled is, my, is me doing what I can for my family with God looking and saying, good job, Graham. Good job. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. I can't say what that does for you Doc, I can't say what that does for you, Brother Terrence, but what I can say for me is that I felt like God gave me my family. That's what I feel, you know, and they can be taken from me at any, any given moment. So I want to, I want to relish in my family the best way that I can, um, because they're God's, they're God's gift to me and I'm God's gift to them. Then after that, man, fulfilling, (laughs) man, uh, I hate to say this in front of Doc, man, but I got to tell you, man. Every now and then, man, a McDonald's <laughs> with extra onions <laughs> with sweet with a sweet tea. You know, I got to do that like maybe once a month. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> with the sweet tea. With the sweet tea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't need the fries, man. I you just you know, it's it's so wrong. But, Guilty pleasures. It's all good. Hey, I gotta be more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so name name something on your bucket list. I'm 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 actually, um, doing doing a bucket list right now. Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll i i i actually be. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I actually be finished this in a couple of um, uh, hopefully in a couple of days. In a couple of days, I was trying to find it so I can show it to you. But um, again, I'm writing I'm writing a, a book. 
an ebook. Nice. Nice. And this ebook is uh, called 21 Days to Resetting. Um, the, the funny thing about this is I didn't, pre- I didn't prepare to put it all in here. So uh, if I could find it, I can show it to you, but uh, I can't find it. <laughs> I wanted to show it to you, but I can't find it. But that's my bucket list. One of my bu- bu- bucket lists is writing, finishing a book. Um, and, um, and that's what I'm doing right now. Mm. I'm hoping. That, that's the best bucket list right there. Um, do I have any other uh, uh, bucket list? I do. I do. Uh, um, one of my bucket lists is going back to New York and running a revival. Like a, a real revival in New York. Mm-hmm. Like a straight up revival, like no COVID revival, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and um, it going from church to church, you know, each day going to one church to the next church to the next church. That's a bucket list of mine. Um, I'm 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 that's 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 a bucket list of mine. I don't want to go any further into that because I love I love uh, Northeastern Conference so much. That sometimes in my mind I feel like, am I have I really left in my head? You know, <laughs> is it really over? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me behave. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor, we know you're a father. Um, we're all fathers on the call, so we always like to check in with our dads. It is Father's Day month um, coming up. So, what's the most challenging and the most rewarding thing about being a parent? Mm. The most challenging thing about being a parent, uh, and if we're going to be truthful about this, it's hoping that your kids don't don't have the generational curses you have, that you don't pass on the generational curses. Um, That, for me, weighs heavily on me. You know, one day I went for a drive with my daughter after she went through some issue. <clears throat> and, you know, she said, Dad, do you think that I have the curse? You know, mm. and I was like, even if you think you did, you have time to not co- not cultivate that, you know, you know. And we talked a little bit about that, which I was really glad we had the opportunity of talking about that. So uh, that's one of my biggest concerns about being a daddy is that I don't want to pass on to them what I've strive so hard to get rid of the greatest reward man is that they're mine <laughs> um that um i see me in them i'm talking I'm talk about great qualities i see me in them and so uh for me one of the greatest um what i love so much about being a daddy is that i see them in me the good parts <laughs> right in me you know, that's what I would say. That, that's what I would say for sure. Awesome. awesome. So Pastor Paul Graham, I got to let you know, you know, I, um, I wrote a book and we had talked about writing a book, I think on one year about a boot camp at some point in time, but I did write a book. It's called Be More Today, a 40 day guide to a better version of you. And in the book, we do these things called steps to greatness, where um, there's something that you, we encourage you to start to stop doing and then one goal for your life. Um, so I kind of want to go through those things with you, talking about what you wanted to start doing this year. And if it's the book, I'm super excited because I remember you talking about doing this book years ago. 
I remember you talking about wanting to do a book, wanting to do a book, and you were going to do it, you were going to do it. So I'm so excited that it's actually going to be done. So if that's what it is, perfect. But if it's something else, then I want you to share that at this time. Okay. Um, wow. If something that I would love to do, I, I, you know, if I could be very honest with you, I don't want to die tomorrow, right? But I feel like God, I don't really know what's next. I would really, the app that I'm doing right now, I want it to be super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that I'm putting out, I want it to change lives. I think the next thing that I think I'm going to, I would want to do in my life, and I ask for your prayers about this, is that this is, there's this awesome gentleman here. His name is Dr. Melbourne. He's pastor one of the churches here, uh, but he's also the um, one of the deans at Howard University School of Divinity. And I had a conversation with him about a week ago. And tomorrow I am submitting my papers in to begin my doctorate. Um, that's a serious bucket list, man. Um, so I'm looking to go back to school. I'm looking to go back to school. I'm looking to do my doctorate, my my uh, doctorate in ministry, in the subject of New Testament teaching. Um, I, I I like that and leadership. Then we'll see where God takes me from there, right? You know, there are other things that are going on that I'm praying about um, outside of my church, but I would love to start writing. I would love to go back to school, which the opportunity has opened up already. And um, the greatest thing what I would love to see is if this, this is a big, this is kind of crazy, but here we go. If I had enough money that I can freelance, then I would do that. Though I'm grateful to my conference, I would love to freelance and be able to go different places and preach. Not that my kids are old enough. You know what I mean? I would love to go different places and speak and what have you. Um, these are some of the things that I've thought about. But you need that kind of funding. You, you, you want to be able to be taken care of. I don't want to depend on preaching to give me money. I want to set something up. So, so for all those who are listening, I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. Um, after 50, after 50, I would like to launch a campaign of, of faith partners for Full Circle Ministries where people will be willing to give a certain amount every month to Full Circle Ministries um, uh, so that I could be able to be freed up to do great, greater things. Well, I said it out there. Yeah. I put it it out there. Yes. Why not? That's incredible. Um, Name me one thing that you wanted to or have already stopped doing this year. That I want to stop doing that I stopped doing? That you want to stop doing and that you're trying to stop doing this year. Okay. Um, one of the things that is approval addiction. I want, to start, I want to start worrying about what people think about me. Um, I want to stop worrying about what people think about me. I, I'm, I'm never going to change people's minds. So stop worrying about that. What, co- what the COVID issue has done for me is helped me to realize that the most important people in my life and how they think about me is my family. I'm not just talking about my immediate family. I'm talking about all of my family. 
Um, I spend a lot of time worrying, worrying how, what members feel about me, how they think about me, how my administration feels, how people feel. And um, I want to get out of approval addiction. My brother introduced me to a book years ago called Approval Addiction. I forgot who it was by. But um, what's his name? did a song the other day, uh, uh, um, Jonathan McReynolds, called People. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when I listened to that song, it helped me to realize that I don't want to worry about people. I want to put them in God's hands. Because there's certain things that I do that people can talk about me. They can be like, Pastor Graham is this, he's that, and he's the other. And they're right. They're totally right. But a lot of things that people would say, could say about me, they're, being, they're, they're misunderstood. I'm being misunderstood. So what I would like to do is not worry about people, not worry about approval addiction. That if God is good with what I'm doing, and the results are coming in based on me being obedient, then I'm not worried about anything at all. Can I, can I give you one example? Mm-hmm. Um, one example is that a lot of people right now are protesting. They're protesting. They're in, they, they're in the streets. They're protesting. And I think that it's a wonderful thing. Um, for me, for me personally, my wife is essential. And what that means for me is that she is always coming home and we could get something from her because COVID is still alive and well. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And um, what I wanted to do was be very, very careful that I did not lead my church into protesting when it was still very much, COVID is still very much uh, alive and well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So some people may feel as if I'm not being the, leader or the pastor that I could be. I just want you to share that with you. Some people feel like, oh, you know, we need to be out there on the front lines doing this, that, and the other. Um, if we're going to be on the front line and we can go to church, you know, then we could do certain things of that nature. What I wanted to be very careful of and be very mindful of is that, um, I want to be very mindful that though people may feel like you need to be doing this, that, and the other, that I don't need to be doing this, that, and the other. I don't need to be out there protesting. Though, though if I did, I'm not going to put it out there because I don't want a whole bunch of people saying, Graham did it, so we're all going to do it. You understand where I'm coming from? I think I'm responsible for the 400-something people who are members or the 600 people that, that's at church that they're saying, okay, Graham says we're going to be meeting at so-and-so to do so-and-so when there's COVID going around. I'm very concerned about that. So... What I did with my pastoral staff is put together a list of places that people can go to and we'll pray for you. Do you understand where I'm coming from? That this is what the church is doing. Like five o'clock, the church is running out and they're doing a drive-by demonstrations and things of that nature. But people feel like you should be doing this. And it sometimes bothers me. You know, oh, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Or should I be really be, th- should I be thinking about the safety of my members right now? And should I be thinking about, hey, Let's write, let's write our congressman. Let's write so-and-so. Let's send money to the bail bonds, people that need so-and-so. You understand where I'm coming from? So there are different ways of doing that. In the past, I would be more, I wonder what everyone's thinking, and I'm still going through that. So, Doc, I want you to know that um, 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 approval addiction is still a little heavy on me, but I, I want to break that in Jesus' name. I do. I want to break that in Jesus' name. No, I, I, this it's that approval addiction is is it 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 messes with a lot of people. 
I got to say, it's a, it's a real thing. It's a real, real thing. Um, any, any final tips or advice you want to share um, with, the, with the audience? Mm, mm. <sighs> Almost said be more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a text that I love so much, man. Um, it's not my favorite text. But this is the text that I love so much. Um, to trust in the Lord, right, with all your heart. And my mistakes have always been because I've leaned to my own understanding. But it says, lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. My advice that I would give to anybody without adding vice to your life is to trust in God. But don't just trust him like that. Trust him with all of your heart. And I say that simply because I truly believe that if you trust him with all of your heart and don't lean to what you think is the way that you should, that you should go, that he will direct your path. Man, all your next steps is gonna be, is gonna be about him. And I think that that's where we definitely, for me, that's where we definitely need to go. Mm -hmm. To be in a place where God is directing every thing that we're doing, everything that we're doing. Mm. That's, you know, that's the mindset. For me, that's the mindset. Awesome. Awesome. That's the program. Where can the people find you? Where can they find you on social media and other hashtags about all your ministries and your exploits? Oh, wow. Um, FullCircleMinistries.com. That's FullCircleMinistries.com. In fact, I think... I, if I had, see, man, if I wish I had, I could put it up so everybody could see. But fullcircleministries.com is the, the best way. You can also download our app. You can also download our app. Um, our app is uh, Full Circle Ministries on all platforms. Full Circle Ministries on all platforms. And um, uh, biblebootcamp.com. That's another place also. But I, I really, for me, my biggest thing is uh, Bible, I'm sorry, fullcircleministries.com. Um, that's the best way of reaching. That's the best way of, of, uh, of, catching, of catching me, should, should I put it that way, you know? Okay. Awesome. I, I, I really, really appreciate you being here, man. Um, the, 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 the project that we're coming out with, Words for Life, Volume 3. I mean, it's it's... I'm I'm so blessed that you're on it. I mean, it it's one of the things that uh part of our audience already knows what it's about. It's it's Christian perspectives with music produced behind it. And for those that know about it, Project 3 is coming out. We're having a listening party on Monday, June 15th. Virtual listening party. Uh Pastor Paul Graham, he's going he's going to be in the in the in the virtual booth. Uh, saying a couple words, you know, we're going we're gonna to ask you a question or two. It's what was termed sermon jams back in the day. How how we got into it, how I got into it was I saw somebody online. They had sermon jams and they had these sermons and, you know, music playing behind it. It wasn't it wasn't the 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 type of music I'm producing. It wasn't as urban, but it just it blessed my soul. And then there was a couple of things that turned political. And then I heard God say, I need you to do this. And I said, well, oh, God, you know, there's, there's no money in that. 
don't really want to do that. And he pressed me and we, we, so what you said before, it just fell right in line. When it's about ministry, it's about ministry. And I was trying to make it about being monetary and it just went forth. And I put out project one and it blessed so many people put out project two and people said all types of things. Ah, the words not, it, it wasn't that deep. It didn't really hit me. Pastors didn't want to push it because they weren't on it. And so I just put it down and the pandemic brought this whole thing back. The Lord spoke to me and said, and this is what I want you to do. So letting you know, it's under be more today. Now we're doing a listening party on Monday the 15th. Pastor Paul Graham is on it. Um, it's, it's really hot y'all. You, you, you're going to be blessed by it. Just want to let y'all know y'all see, y'all will see us see flyers on social media and all of that, but words for life. It's, it's here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Terrence, for sharing that. Super excited for listening party and for the new project and Pastor Paul Grant. Thank you so much for joining us on this show. What we're going to do is we're going to send all the information about all your ministries on our social media pages. So you can send us all the links for everything. And we'll, we're going to blast you. We're going to blast you, blast you all over the place. So thank you so much for joining us. Your presence on this show means so much because you've touched us in various ways. And we really appreciate it. Uh, and for our listeners out there, remember our quote from today. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves. Leo Tolstoy, get out there and make a difference, whether you're going to be marching or not marching. Uh, have the conversations, have the hard conversations, and be the one that you can change your environment one person at a time. For those of you who are following us on Be More Today, you can follow us on all social media platforms, in particular for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Our website, again, is bemoretoday.com. You can find stuff about our book, about the podcast, about the music, about the upcoming project, and subscribe to our YouTube pages for our workouts and all other fun things related to Be More Today. Be More Today show can be found on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. And if you want to contribute to our page, feel free to do so. Like Pastor Paul Graham said, $6 goes a long way. So uh, <laughs> help us out, folks. And we do this for, you know, we like learning about other things and other people, but um, contributions do make a difference. And it really matters. We appreciate that. For all there are thoughts or questions or things you want to see on the show, write us an email at bemore2day.com, bemore2day at gmo.com. And you can send us a message on all of our social media platforms as well. Terrence, another great show in the books. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. Yes, sir. And for all those who know how we do, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove. I'm going to be a better version of me.